that it could just be opportunistic changes, that it would have been any society would have done it, but they didn't have the chance because they lived in small towns. Out of the ashes, you will rise. If you feel sad, lost, depressed, finances are in the gutter, social life, you're lonely. Out of the ashes, you will rise. Here in my garage, invest in yourself. Always be curious. Don't be a cynic. Sleeping on a couch in a mobile home with only $47 in my bank account. When everything's burnt to the ground, when you're sad, lost, and depressed, and everything's at rock bottom, you get to rebuild the exact and precise way you want the damn thing rebuilt. Health, wealth, love, happiness, each of these four goals. Coming up today. People are high in narcissism. They feel entitled to a larger slice of the pie, a larger share of the attention. It seems, do you think there's any evidence that as a society we're becoming uh, higher on the dark triad score? So the dark triad score is one of the concepts you introduced me to. I've shared it with a lot of people, which is basically uh, narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy. Uh, I did, I've done some interesting things and I told you about this. I'd like to somehow formalize this into a study. Um, I was doing a, a audition for, I have a, t a clothing line and we were auditioning models and very pretty girls were applying casting and I sent them all this dark triad test, which tests for these negative traits of narcissism, Machiavellianism and psychopath. And then I told my staff who was managing the email, block anybody who gets over like a 60 because that's a pretty bad score in any of this. They blocked, out of 100, we blocked about 70 people when I came back and looked. And that's higher than normal. So it, I'm not saying that proves anything, but in general, I've seen studies that show narcissism's going up. Individualism is going up. So is it a problem that the reason people can't match up as easily is because there's a there's a lack of quality of people out there compared to 100 years ago where people lived on a farm and they were more, you know, religious and they sure there was some crazy people like Adolf Hitler and Stalin but the general population was nicer. I found for example going to rural places, going to the Amish or Joel Salatin, people are a heck of a lot nicer, more caring than in a big city like Hollywood or Manhattan. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that. Uh, I mean, yes, there is evidence that narcissism has increased over over generations, uh, and probably psychopathy as well. Um, I, I talked. I actually talk about this in the book you mentioned, uh, evolutionary psychology. That um, that one of the things about psychopathy is it's basically a cheating strategy. So, um, and one of the things that, that about the modern environment compared to ancestral environments is we have much more geographic mobility. And so what that means in small group living, if you, to put it bluntly, if you fuck someone over, then you develop a reputation as someone to be, to avoid, or, or perhaps the group might get together and punish you or kill you. Uh, but in the modern world where you have geographic mobility, you can escape many of the consequences of a psychopathic strategy, right? And so it's and so uh, and so. I think weirdly, 
the modern environment has created selection pressures that that favor a psychopathic strategy compared to what it would have been in small group living of our past. Uh, and so I think you're right that, that you know, that there is good empirical evidence on narcissism, and I suspect when the data come in, there will be also good evidence on the other two aspects of the dark triad, Machiavellianism and psychopathy. Yeah. I mean, for those of listening, a quick intro, narcissism is, is, and this is not going to be the purest scientific definition, but it's a somewhat inability to see things from other people's uh, side of the story, seeing the world with you always at the center. Machiavellianism is more of a, tr I always think of it as sneaky, uh, a sneaky approach, two-faced approach. You're nice to somebody's face and not so much when they're not around. And psychopathy is related to uh, lower empathy, lower emotions. It, you don't feel when you hurt somebody, it doesn't bother you at all. And And obviously all of these I think I'm right in saying these are generally grouped together as exploitative traits. They people try to take take more than they give if there are any of those three. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I mean that's I mean it's certainly one of the hallmarks is interpersonally exploitative um and um yeah, uh the other, the other aspect of narcissism that I think is important to mention uh is a sense of entitlement. So huh. people who are high in narcissism, they feel entitled to a larger slice of the pie, a larger share of the attention. Uh, you know, the uh, 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 you know the, the better uh, a larger share than anyone else deserves, and they feel that's just their right that because of who they are, they are so so brilliant, so so uh, intelligent, so good looking, so amazing <laughs> that they just naturally deserve all these things. So it could be as simple. I've always been a big believer in the power of geography. There was a great book by a Harvard professor. I think his name was Landis, and it was why some nations are wealthy and some are poor, and he talked about the geography of things. Uh, the book um, Guns, Germs, and Steel kind of broaches this. So could we possibly say, and you talk about this in your book, about migration patterns of people who live in the islands of the Mediterranean versus people who live on the mainland being more aggressive and so on. Could we say that the rise, one in the year 1900, I read this fascinating statistic, 1%, uh, sorry, it was either 1% or 10%. I might be misquoting. But let's say 10% of society lived in large cities. 90% lived rural or small villages. When, even when my grandma was born, 1918, um, it, wa it was pretty much, you know, horses, and she would go to small towns in Germany. Now, in the year 2000, it completely switched. 90% of people live in large cities, 10% rural and since you said in big cities, we can get away with stuff because we won't see them again. So you go out on a Tinder date, a guy goes on a Tinder date with a girl, treats her badly or vice versa, and he knows, ah, I'll just disappear into the, big, into the big Hollywood city in Miami. You think that it could just be opportunistic changes, that, that it would have been any society would have done it, but they didn't have the chance because they lived in small towns. Well, yeah, yeah, and you, what you do is you you eliminate the the costs and the reputational damage uh, associated with exploitative strategies, um, and so you know in in large cities you have anonymity, 
that you would never have had in small group living. I mean, small group living, everybody knows everybody else. Word gets around, and everybody knows who slept with whom, you know, who exploited whom, who cheated, who uh, slacked off on the hunt, etc. Uh, in large uh, group uh, living in urban settings, you don't know. People, people can escape uh, the reputational consequences that would have been catastrophic for these uh, dark triad traits in the past. Do you think social media is contributing to any of this or it's not causation, it's just correlation? Now, if you already were, would have been a narcissist 100 years ago, you didn't have an Instagram to show it, but there was same amount of narcissists. Or do you think now there's actually social media is contributing to the decline of people's, you know, <laughs> character? Yeah, that's a great question, Ty. And, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't have a strong hunch on that. I mean, what do you think? I think that it's not as bad as people think in the sense that there was narcissists. I mean, certainly, I just read the story of Mao Zedong, the Chinese dictator responsible, they say, for killing. He was the most narcissistic person ever. He lived in a small village. In, but I think that what happens now, those people were sheltered. Society was sheltered from them. They lived in a little town in Iowa or in China, and now a narcissist can actually impose and create an Instagram and sh and then influence younger people to go, ooh, I want to be like this person who posts 7,000 selfies all the time. And so I think it's it's not, it hasn't doubled the amount of narcissists, but I would guess... If you took all social media away, there would be less. But, but I think the city, big cities, is more of a contribution to it. Yeah, and, and there, there, there also might be selective migration, kind of what you were alluding to earlier with respect to islands. I mean, that, that undoubtedly happens also with respect to cities. I and mean, it's not random right. who, who moves to Manhattan or who moves to Hollywood. Right. Um, yeah, big cities attract. I mean, Hollywood here where I am. Every girl that was cute, every guy that thought he was good looking in every little town in the world tries to take a shot at Hollywood. So when you go out in Hollywood, you're dealing with the most narcissistic people handpicked from every little town. And I think it, I think in your book, I read it on, that said, for example, people in the Midwest of the United States are less likely to be um narcissistic probably because the narcissist picked up and moved to Manhattan or Miami or London. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think there is definitely selective migration, which is really, it's really fascinating when people then move to a place and they find themselves in a pool where they are no longer the best looking. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and it's a, it's a fascinating phenomenon. The economist Robert Frank uh, calls this choosing uh, what was it called? Choosing the right pond. Uh, so, you huh. know, yeah, I mean, everyone's heard that cliche of, uh, you know, big fish in a small pond. But, you know, I mean, you see that both there and also I mean, you see it in, in my field in academia where people who were like the smartest in their high school and they go to college and then everyone else is, the, you know, was their high school star. Then they go from college to graduate school and they find they were the smartest in college, but they find now they're no longer the smartest in graduate school. 
and then graduate school the professor they they thought they were pretty smart in uh, graduate school but now they 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 might be in the bottom half of the distribution as a professor so I mean, right. these these stratification these these different ponds occur at all levels yeah you subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or wherever it is you like to listen so that you don't miss out on any new episodes as they come out.